0: Free. but I still, I still believe in my freedom, so my mind can see, please let me Good morning, welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you today. Everybody having a good day? Good morning. Yeah. No? No, having a rough time? Kind of rough start this morning? No? You're like, I don't really know what to say right now. So yesterday it was snowing a bit, huh? And then today it's going to be sunny and welcome to the fall in Wisconsin. Amen. You like that? I love that. I love, man. It's great. And so uh, I almost wore just a big flannel Carhartt shirt today with some boots and. It's one of those days, isn't it, right? But it really kills it when you go buy a pumpkin spice latte, so that kind of kills the man card on that deal, so sorry about that, but uh, they are good. Well, if you have your Bibles, I want you turn me to Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5. If you're a guest today, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I'm going to get as serious as I can be, but I'll kind of be funny or try to be from time to time, and so laughs kind of help make this thing go by faster, so that always works, and uh, uh, but we're in this series on the book of Galatians. We're going to end it next week. I hope you'll be here next week as we conclude this in Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 5, which is probably the most um, famous or the most noted part, which because it talks about the fruit of the Spirit in verse 22, is what we're going to be talking about today. How, how do you, the, the fruit, the evidence of the gospel in your life, what does that look like? And so we're going to read through verses 16 through verses 25 today of chapter 5. It's kind of the crux, the essence of that whole chapter, and uh, talk about that. I, I don't want to just talk about the fruit of the Spirit because I think sometimes that's, um, no pun intended, that's low hanging fruit that's kind of easy to do. And there's so much out there written about it, preached about it, talked about it. But I want to talk about this struggle between the flesh. So, which we know is connected to the law, and to the Spirit of God, which operates out of grace, which is what Paul deals with this entire book as he's writing to the church in Galatia, and how that works in our life, and how is it that I produce that fruit in my life? How how do I do that? Not what is that? I I, I can look that up pretty easily, but I want to know how do I live that out, and so um, again, Uh, I just want to jump into this in verse 16. If you have a Bible, you can open there to Galatians 5.16. If you don't, it's going to be on the screen. And this is what Paul says. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For if the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh, they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law, the Old Testament. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, uh, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, faction, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. For those who belong to Christ have, been crucif- have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So first of all, we have the essence of this, ver- of this chapter is in verse 16. We have a command for spirit-filled living. We have a command of spirit-filled living in our life. We're commanded. Paul doesn't make this uh, optional. He doesn't say, "Hey, you can do this if you want to." This is a command. Verse sixteen, he says, "So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh." Period. So we're commanded to do this. So, so what does that look like? How do I do this? I'm going to give you an overview, then I'm going to unpack it. The first, uh, how to live by the Spirit, live a Spirit filled life, is process. It is a process. It's not something that's instantaneous. Salvation from your sin and a relationship with God is instantaneous. But to develop this Spirit-filled life is a process. He says in verse 16, I want you to walk by the Spirit. So this is a journey. This isn't receive the gift of salvation, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This Spirit-filled life, Paul says, this is something you have to walk out. It's gonna take some time. You, you didn't get here overnight and you're not gonna get there overnight. So the second thing, it's a priority it's a priority. Verse 18, he says to be led by the Spirit. This is a choice that you're making. So you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart, come into your life, be your Lord and be your Savior. So you're, you're a Christian, you're a Christ follower. Then you have a choice. Are you going to live this out <laughs> or are you just going to let it be something you do on Christmas and Easter? Can I get a witness? I mean, you are this isn't Christmas or Easter, so you're okay, right? But <laughs> But we all know, this, people, that, that's the only time of the years that they come. And I'm not beating up on those people. I'm so glad to have them. But I'm just saying, like, there's more to it than that. Uh, there's more to salvation than just fire insurance to save you out of hell. It, it, it's about a relationship. It's about growing. It's, but it's a choice. And if you're going to do this, you're going to have to make it a priority. There's a product And I don't mean product in this form of of, of an object, but I mean there's production. There's something that's produced when you choose to live a Spirit-filled life. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. Verse 22, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is. So when Christ is in you and you are in Christ, when it's a process that's happening and you have a priority to be led by the Holy Spirit in your life as a Christ follower, there's going to be things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and and self-control and gentleness and meekness and temperance and for, there's going to be these things that are going to come out in your life. There is a fruit. And yeah, I can't judge your motives, but the Bible says very very easily that we should by their fruit we'll we'll know them, by the fruit that you bear in your life. And so, if you say you're an orange tree and you're bearing apples, you're not an orange tree. You can want to be an orange tree, You can think you're an orange tree. You can tell everybody you're an orange tree. But if you're bearing apples, you're an apple tree. I know that's really deep, right? (laughs) But if it looks like a duck and it talks like a duck and it walks like a duck, it's a duck. It doesn't matter what it calls itself. The same thing is true in our life as Christ followers. What's the fruit in your life? If the root of your life is healthy, the fruit will always be healthy. But if the root of the the tree is diseased, it's going to come out in the fruit again, it's, it, no, I'm not your judge, but I'm just saying this is, this is true, and so, so there's a product, and, and, and then we see that there's a plan. Verse 25, he said there's a plan that we are to live this out, live by the Spirit. There, there's, there's a plan that God has a plan for us to live this out in our own life, which I think this is the beauty of the gospel, is we go into all kinds of worlds. You're going to meet people I don't meet. I will meet people you're not going to meet. We're going to be, and, and all throughout, I mean, like, all throughout our city, all throughout our state, all throughout our nation, all throughout our world. Think of all the people that you know, and how connected we can be with one another. That goes why? Because there's there's this there's there's this this plan. So the problem with spirit filled life, we would all say, hey, "Amen, I, I want to have that in my life." There's just a little problem. It's called the flesh. It's my physical state. It's my my natural. And there's a, the Bible says that there's a conflict with the spirit-filled life. There's a conflict with spirit-filled living, and he, and he unpacks it. That's what I'm going to spend a little time on right now. So the first conflict that he, the conflict that he deals with is the, the desire of the flesh. The desire of my flesh. Everybody is, we're clothed in flesh, and this flesh is flawed. Verse 16, he says, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So what are the desires of the flesh? Every one of us is different. Now, we know it, there's a basic group of sin, you know, but, but the bottom line is, is what tempts you may not tempt me, what tempts you may not tempt uh, 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 someone else. Uh, just, we, we're all different. So let me say it this way. So some, some of you, deal, you battle alcoholism. It runs in rampant in your family. It, it's it's some, one of those things in your life, and you've tried to scale back on what you drink. You've tried to completely abstain. Maybe you're successful, maybe you're not, but there's this battle that goes on with you and it's a real deal. So if you walk into a party or you're at a bar or you're in a restaurant that serves alcohol, sometimes just going to a fish fry on Friday, whatever it may be, there's just certain triggers that just, that just that those are, that's, that's your issue, that's your thing. And, and we know that, that having a, a glass of wine or, or, or a can of beer is, is not a sin, but, but we do know that drunkenness is. So at what point do you get inebriated, you get buzzed, you get drunk, whatever that is, it's different for everybody. That you cross that line. Well, you and, and Lord know, and probably your people that are around you. But anyhow, know no. At what point that is, you know. And so, uh, and in and, and and so the reality is 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 there's this kind of this fuzzy line. And so, so but but so I'm I'm, I'm not I'm, but I'm saying for some of you that, that issue of alcoholism and being drunk and whatever is something that you battle with. For someone else, they don't battle with at all. Like me, I, I I there is nothing tempting to me about alcohol. At all. I've never drank. I've never been drunk. Um, I grew up. My, my dad's family, they all drank. Uh, I think I was probably three or four when I had a taste of Paps Blue Ribbon and some oatmeal yucky, and that was enough for me, right? I just was like, oh, my goodness. Because my uncles and my grandpa they all drank. We smashed beer cans as a pastime and took them over to the recycling center. That's how much they drank. And so we made a lot of money that way, my brother and I did. And so, I mean, just stuff like that. I mean, I remember, you know, there's I, I, there's nothing about walking into a bar that I mean, I'll get a Coke every time. There's just nothing about it that's appealing to me. And, and nor do I struggle with drunkenness because I don't even like like alcohol. It's just not, there's, there's no deal there. My Here's my point. My point is I've got issues. I don't want to tell you what my issues are, but I have other issues that you may not deal with at all. Some of you, <laughs> I, like, like I can just tell you, like me, my weight's always going to be an issue, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, don't, don't point. It's not nice. But I'm saying, like, you know, it's just one of those things where it's just I'm constantly going to, because I could eat and eat and eat and eat. I mean, just like I have to pace myself. Does that make sense? So desire my flesh. Well, gluttony is a sin. Amen. It is. And so this week, man, I, was, I had to be in a meeting in Missouri, and so I went to uh, a place called Waffle House. Anybody been to Waffle House? I know it's very expensive. It's a very limited group of people that can get into Waffle House, takes a little bit of recipe. You got to know people. But it's what we call dinner theater in the south. I'm telling you, there's always something funny going on. So you know, after like biscuits and gravy, eggs, bacon, and a whole waffle, I had to say that's enough after about 3,000 calories. Amen. Some of you, that's not tempting to you at all. But if you put me around gravy south of the Mason-Dixon, I'm done. I, yeah, I'm out. Like, I mean, I'm just done, right? Here's my point is, what's your desires? What are your fleshly desires, the things that you battle with? You should know what they are. Superman had kryptonite. What's your kryptonite? Because what it is for you may be completely different than what it is for your spouse or what it is to your best friend or what it is to the person sitting in front of you or behind you or beside you. But we all have this fleshly nature that is contrary to the Spirit. And by contrary, it could be something that's some gross sin. It could be something that's very marginal. It could be something that most people would never say anything about. But you know it's your issue or it's your issues. What are those? Second thing that we see with this conflict of spirit-filled living, there's this defiance of the flesh. not only does the flesh run contrary to the Spirit, but it's very defiant. It, it, it's, it's, going to, it's going to raise its ugly head. Verse 17, the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. It's in direct opposition to the work of God in your life. So which means when I come into faith in Jesus Christ, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord and I am saved according to Romans 10, 9 and 10. I'm saved, Period. But now I'm trying to work out my own salvation. Now I'm trying to live out my relationship with Jesus. Now I'm trying to walk the walk the talk and, and I'm trying to do that. And all of a sudden, in this flesh, not only is it there, it does not want to die. And there is this struggle. And if this is something that really resonates with you, Romans chapter six, Romans chapter seven, Romans chapter eight, Paul also wrote the book of Romans in the Bible. He wrote to the church in Rome like he's writing to the church at Galatia. And actually he talks about this struggle. We did a series about, I don't know, 18 months, 24 months ago on this. You can actually go to lifechurchwi.com and the whole series, Struggle, it's, it's, it's walking through Romans 6, 7, and 8. Why is it that I do the things that I don't want to do? And why is it things that I do want to do, I don't do? What, what is that in me? And something wrong, Is something whatever. No, it's, it's, it's your flesh. And this is what's funny too when people say, well, I tried Jesus, but he didn't work. Well, he didn't work because your flesh ceased to, it didn't cease to exist. Because here's what you need to know. When you come into faith in Christ, your flesh is still very much there. When you come into faith in Jesus Christ, you're still going to battle your flesh. Verse 17 says that very simply. The good news is, is now you have strength to overcome this. Before, you were just subject. You were a slave to your flesh. Now, the power that raised Christ from the dead that dwells in you, now greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You have the ability to overcome that. Before, in and of yourself, you don't. Now, you have the ability to do that. Because willpower and self-motivation, they're all good things, but without the power of the Holy Spirit present in your life, you don't overcome these things. So so the reality is, is there's this defiance that's just there. And so when you come into faith in Christ, is that gone? No, it's still there. Just the power to overcome it now comes into place. Now, it also talks about this conflict. There's deeds of the flesh. The flesh doesn't just have feelings or it's not just pushing you, but there's actual actions. Verse 19, it talks about these, these actions of the flesh are obvious. And if you look at it, it's pretty straightforward. I don't think we need a flannel graph or we need any pictures on the screen, but sexual immorality, which is sex outside of marriage. Impurity, which is anything that would be opposite of what, what, of what a pure and holy God would would, would, would be debauchery that's that's just a, a debauchery that's just a lifestyle of 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 uh, just partying and and sex drugs and rock and roll kind of to do a classic type of a deal there um uh, uh idolatry which is elevating anything above god so so when god was god's the lord your god commandment number one they will have no other gods before him so anything whether it's your bass boat it's your car it's your favorite sports team it's someone else whatever, anything that you would elevate to be equal with or to be above the Lord, that, that's an idol. Um, uh, witchcraft, this is interesting because when you get into the original language, this is where we get the word pharma for pharmacy. It's not speaking about like incantations and spells and witches and warlocks. It's talking about uh, the, the, the power of drugs, be it medicinal or be it you know, prescribed pharmaceutical or, and, and or illicit drugs. So are you saying that I shouldn't have like penicillin? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is when you use drugs and an unintended use in order to knock off the edge off your day or to take you out from where you are to be your comfort, that's that that is that that is something that not only is illegal, but it's something that also destroys your soul in the process. And so because uh, even if you even even when it'll talk about here in verse 19 about drunkenness. What are you, what, when people are getting intoxicated, when people are using drugs to kind of get a high or, but they're trying to escape the present reality. What are they trying to do? They're trying to comfort themselves. So what's the role of the Holy Spirit? Jesus says he will be your comforter. So when you replace the Holy Spirit with alcohol, you replace the, oh, I'm in somebody's kitchen right now. The Holy Spirit with just trying to knock the edge off the day. I was in Oregon a couple weeks ago, and all of a sudden, man, you could just, the weed was in the air. It's legal, and so it's like, and you could tell. And, and it was just like, you're, the, the problem isn't the, the legality of it. The problem is that you're replacing what God gave you for to be the comforter. And in that sense, really, it's probably the most inflammatory thing you can say to God is, I don't need you. I've got my own way to do this. And the issue with that is, it's an action of the flesh. Because the flesh is always going to try to imitate the work of the spirit. The problem is, is that the work of the spirit lasts forever, but the work of the flesh is but a short time, and the wages of sin is death, death but the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what it's talking about. You can go on and on and on uh, you know, with, uh, with um, hatred and discord and jealousy. You know, the, when, it, when it talks about the people that are going to hell, the lake of fire, between the idolater and the whoremonger is the gossip. We don't think a whole lot about that. Well, they just like to talk. No, that's called gossiping. And the people that are going to hell, the gossip is right in the middle of the people that do some of the worst things that we can that we can put on a list. As we like to hierarchy evil we'll sin. God doesn't. Sin is sin. So the reality is, is all of those things come into play. Selfish rage, uh, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, just jealousy and envying someone else's life or what they have, what they drive, who they're with, what they, whatever. they might. This, this is all acts of the flesh. Uh, drunkenness, orgies, and the like, blah, 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 It's kind of like, and et cetera. Anything that's in this genre, these are the works of the flesh. And so he, he's very clear about this, that these are the deeds. But there's also a danger in the flesh. Verse 21, there's, 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 there's this danger of the flesh that we don't talk a whole lot about. Verse 21, it says, I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Whoa. So you're saying that I can act like I'm a Christian, but I can live like the devil, and I'm going to go to hell. Yes. I didn't write the book. It's what it says. It's called holiness. Amen. Man, it's quiet in here. Am I I in church, or am I in a public forum? Right? Anybody? Are there any Christians in our house? You know what I'm talking about? Look, we're all sinners, right? We all need grace. I I am the chief of which. And and I don't think that the Lamb's Book of Life, which is the book that God writes every name in that comes into faith in Jesus Christ, I don't think it's in a it's like a chalkboard that like oh you said a cuss word you're going to hell right or oh you had a bad thought you're going to hell oh you got drunk you're going to hell I don't but but what I'm saying is is that when I come to faith in Jesus Christ and I ask Him to come into my heart and my life and then I just want to leave it there and maybe show it for Christmas and Easter and I want to leave it as a fire insurance so that I don't go to hell and then I'm going to go over here and I'm going to live this partying, uh, 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 debaucherous, um, sinful, backbiting, dissension, uh, greedy, selfish, um, sexual, immoral lifestyle, intentionally, and I'm just leaving this over here so that, well, I got saved, God, but I can go live this way? That's what he's talking about. No, you're not going to go to heaven. Just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian. The same way going to Taco Bell doesn't make you a taco. Do you understand? (laughs) But then we think, though, if I go to church, if I do enough good stuff. No, 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 no. It's not about It's by grace that we've been saved through faith in Jesus Christ. It's not of us. Salvation is free. Yes, you don't do anything for salvation. But once you come into faith in Jesus Christ, you now have a responsibility to at least strive to live as Jesus lived, to, to try to live this gospel out, to try to have the fruit of the Spirit in your life. And you just need to know there's a conflict naturally with your flesh against the spirit. And the things that you don't want to do, you have a tendency to do. And things that you do want to do, you don't always do. And God's grace is efficient, yes. But if your intention of your heart and the only person that can judge that is you and God, is that I'm going to just say this prayer, believing that if I confess in my mouth and I believe in my heart that I'm going to be saved, but I'm going to go live like the devil through the week. Paul says, you're not going to hear the kingdom of God. Because you're really not truly a Christ follower. And, and let me give theological for you, just 30 seconds. An Armenian view of theology says that everybody, whoever calls the name of the Lord, will be saved. A Calvinistic view of theology says that God has appointed or predestined those that want to be saved. The difference in what I'm saying here is complete semantics, because Calvinists would say, well, you were never really saved. And Armenian would say, yeah, you were saved, but you backslid. But you're both, both people, whether you're Calvinist, or you're Armenian, look at the same situation and go, yeah, but you're both going to hell. That's the one thing they do agree on. And we don't talk about this a lot because, again, it's not about a chalkboard. It's not about a three strikes and you're out. It's not that. It's your heart. But where is your heart today? Is your heart, I can go do what I want to do because Jesus paid the price on, the, on Calvary's cross and I can just go live like the devil? Or is it, no, the grace of God is so awesome and so amazing that I do mess up and I need his grace. And there are moments where I completely fall into some of those things in verse 19, even though I don't want to. I've struggled with that, but I'm gonna keep fighting the good fight and I'm gonna keep going and I'm gonna keep doing. Then his grace is sufficient. But that's an attitude of the heart. And I can't judge that. I'm not trying to judge that. But what you feel right now is called conviction from the Holy Spirit saying, this is truth. This is what I'm saying. Oh, my God, somebody called me a taxi. Okay, <laughs> let me land the plane. Contrast of spirit-filled living. He puts this juxtaposition of all of these listings in verse 19 of the Acts of the Flesh, and then he puts it right next to verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is. So check this out. The flesh brings about work, but the Spirit brings about fruit. It's interesting that he says, but the works of the flesh are, and the fruit of the Spirit is. Because here's the deal. The the lie of the enemy is that if you do these things, you will escape your reality. You know that's not true. If you go down this path, you'll gratify what your flesh is wanting to do. Therefore, you will get this reprieve, but it's a work. It's the reason why Paul says, but the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We don't work our way to salvation, but sin always makes you work and work and work. And then what does the enemy that entices you to do it once you've done it and you come to the end of your senses, what does he do? He mocks you and makes fun of you. I told you you can never live that life. I told you you weren't good enough. I told you you're not cut out for that. I told you it'll never work. See, you don't have the willpower. See, you're not good enough. And then you fold like a cheap suit. I guess you're right, and then you go right back. Why? Because it 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 it, it demands of you. It, there's like a debt. When I go and do these actions in verse 19, that this this activity of sin, there's this debt. There's this burden. There's this weight. But 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 the Spirit produces fruit. What's fruit? Fruit is, is what I think I may be getting when I'm working with the flesh, but it's the truth of the reality. All of a sudden, there's this product productivity in my life. There's this growth in my life. It's like being on the right side, right side of compound interest. All of a sudden, there's this growth. There's this good, man, I, I, I've been walking this out, and, and I have more love, and I have more patience. And wow, where did that come from? And I've got peace. I'm in the middle of a situation, and everybody else is losing their head, but I've got temperance in this moment. It's this growth in your life that produces and blesses you. And the lie of the enemy of your own flesh says, God's trying to keep good things from you. God's trying to keep this fun from you. God's trying to, no, because God knows that your flesh will desire these works that will in turn make you a debtor and his spirit will set you free and in turn bless you to live the life that you really wanna live. It's very much counterintuitive. It's an upside down kingdom. It's what Jesus said, if you want to be first, then you've got to be last. If you want to be served, then you must first serve. If you want to receive, then you must first give. It's completely counterintuitive to the flesh. Why? Because it's the working of the Spirit. They're in conflict with one another. Therefore, they are opposite. They're enemies. We also see that the flesh is harmful, but the Spirit is helpful. So the works of the flesh never produce good in your life. They harm you. It's interesting that we desire things that harm us. But the flesh is always helpful. I mean, the the Spirit's always helpful. I don't think anybody would argue that our world would be a much better place if we operated with love and with joy and with peace, with patience, with kindness. Oh, dear Lord, how much better would life be with kindness? Just be kind. There's never, listen, there is, I don't care what they do to you. Jesus says that when they strike you in the face, turn the other cheek. Just be kind. I was, I was out this week and I was just, you know, doing, just doing life. And I encountered this lady that I don't know who, I don't know like who made her mad, but she was ticked. I, I just, I'm walking in the door, she's walking out, and we happen to be in the same space and for a little bit of time. And I was just like, oh dear God, she can't smile. I smiled, she's she just looked at me like, you moron, where are you from, you idiot, you know, kind of a deal. And, and, you know, have you ever been like that, like you're kind, and they look at you like, you're weird. Something wrong with you? No, it's called happiness, and you haven't seen it in a while, and I understand. See, sarcasm plays out really bad, so I just keep my mouth shut, and I just smile. <laughs> and if I can't take it because I'm an extrovert, I just go to, a, like, a private place, and I just say it out loud to myself, and then I laugh, and then I go on. <laughs> because I just, like, like, really, you're not hurting anybody but yourself. And if you're single, like, you really are saying, do not talk to me. You're not helping yourself, lady, at all. And you just kind of go, look, man, in in our lives, uh, how much better would we be just to be kind? Even when people aren't kind to us. Uh, The the results of the flesh are multiple, but the spirit is singular. This is interesting. So the results of the flesh are multiple. So it says the work of of, of the flesh are, the works of the flesh are. But the fruit of the Spirit is, this is important. Jesus says in the gospel, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for it's easy. Learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says this, Matthew 5, excuse me, Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God, one thing, and all these things shall be added unto you. Live for the life of the audience of one. Don't try to make everybody happy. You're never going to do that. Don't try to do everything. You're never just one thing. I can do one thing. One thing. Just, just one thing. So if I focus on the spirit, the spirit's singular. It's one thing. I'm just trying to live my life in line with the spirit. I'm just trying to stay in step with the spirit. I'm just trying to walk the spirit life out in my life. I'm not trying to be weird. Not trying to be wacky. I don't need another. We don't need more fruits, plates, and nuts, granola in the church, right? You understand that? We've got enough nutty people that call themselves Christians. We don't need. But I just need to focus on Jesus and focus on God. How do I live my life? And how do I operate this business? And how how do I conduct myself? And and, and when I mess up, you're faithful and just. Forgive me of my sins. Clean me of all unrighteousness. The works of the flesh are. I've got all these masters. I've got all this stuff telling me what to do. I've got all these urges that my flesh is saying, take me here and do this and do that. And what about this? And it's barking at me from every order. And, that, and that's why I'm weary and I'm heavy laden because I've got all these taskmasters. I've got all these bosses. I've got all these voices. And God says, no, 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 no. Push all that away because the fruit of the spirit is. It's one thing. I can do one thing. Look, guys, I don't have a whole lot of gifts I'm just being honest with you. One gift I have is I can talk. That's why I do it so long. That's all I got. I, I can't do what most of you do. I, I, don't, I don't have the, the bandwidth. I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not gifted in ways that many of you are to be able to do what you do. But I've got one thing, and here's what I've learned in life. Everybody can do one thing. Everybody can do one thing. What does Jesus say to Mary and Martha? Martha, Martha, you're, you're, you're about many things, but your sister Mary is about one thing. And the one thing that she's about is the most important thing, which was Jesus. We don't have to be about many things. We can just be about one thing. I'm telling you, the yoke is easy and the burden is light. And when you're living this Christian life, it's not that you're not going to have conflict with your flesh, but it's not conflict with God. It's with your flesh. But the more that you serve the Lord, the more that you focus on him, the more that you have a singular purpose and focus, the more it comes together. And then the other thing, the last thing is that the results of the flesh are immediate, but the spirit is long term. Every one of those things, those results of the flesh, are immediate. Drunkenness, it's immediate, and then i got to hang over the next day. Sexual immorality, it's but for a moment, and then it's gone. And it could have a lifetime of consequences. Uh, envy, rage, jealousy, it will eat me like a cancer from the inside out. All those things, trying to, trying to soothe it, they, 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 they have very short-term effects but long-term, long-term consequences. The fruit of the Spirit doesn't happen overnight. It takes some time. It's like a tree. So if a fruit typically comes from a tree, so you have to take the seed, and you got to put it in good soil, and then you've got to let the the, the seed has to die, and then it germinates, and then it brings forth light, and it brings forth the sprout that turns into a tree. Then the tree's got to be grown. Then the tree begins to, at a certain point, produce fruit. But once that tree gets to that place that that tree produces fruit, what happens? As long as the root system is healthy, there's enough sunlight, there's enough water, there's enough warmth, Every single season, that tree will produce over and over and over and over. And that one seed will produce thousands of seeds in its lifetime through the fruit that it produces. But it takes a little bit of time to get to that place. I love how Psalm says it. That a tree that's planted by river still of living water. For its leaves do not wither and its branches bring forth fruit in season the reason why you don't see the fruit of the spirit and evidence in your life sometimes cuz you just don't give it enough time to plant the seed water the seed let the soil do it only it has the ability to do how god the creator created it to do and bring forth life and then give it enough time to produce the love and the joy and the peace, and the patience, and the kindness, the self-control, the temperance. you got to give it some time. And your flesh is screaming out, but you can get this immediately. You can get this fixed. You can get this buzz. You can get this whatever. You can get this euphoria right here and now. The problem, though, with the euphoria, with the buzz of that, it only lasts but for a moment, and it's, it, the pay, the, 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 the tab at the end is death. But this fruit I deny myself, I delay gratification and I do it God's way. All of a sudden it produces over and over and over and over and over in my life. That's the reason why you talk to people that have been living for Jesus for a long time. They'll tell you how sweet it is to live with Jesus. In the beginning, yeah, you're walking by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You're believing that, you know what, the Spirit of God that's in my life, I'm going to produce this in my life, and in my life I'm going to produce these fruit. this, this fruit because I have a singular focus, but it's going to take some time for that to become evident. But once it does, with regularity, as long as the root is healthy, man, the fruit will, the tree will produce fruit. This is all of today's conversation hinges on verse 25. It's the choice of Spirit-filled living. It's the choice of Spirit-filled living. He says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. This is not just something that's automatic because you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Oh, if you're going to live this life, you're going to have to live it this way. But, but... I accept Christ, and Christ comes into my heart and into my life, and he saves you from my soul, my my sins, and saves my soul instantaneously. But this work, this is a journey. Because as soon as that happens, I accept Jesus, my Lord and Savior. that, That flesh keeps popping up, and I keep having to knock it down. And this spirit, I keep having to sow that seed trust in the Lord, and allow that to have time in my life to process in order to produce that harvest of righteousness that I desire to have. But it all begins with a choice. Am I going to serve audience of one, or am I going to live for all of these things? Am I going to deny my flesh and take up my cross and follow Jesus? I wish it was so simple that we could just simply uh, say the sinner's prayer and Immediately, we no longer have any type of temptation in our life. Wouldn't that be awesome? It would be. But that's heaven. That's heaven. Heaven will be a place where I no longer have to battle this flesh. But this side of eternity, I have to battle it. The good news is, is God's given me the strength and the power through his Holy Spirit in which to overcome this flesh. But the choice is mine. mine since I've been purchased with the Spirit, since I've been redeemed by the Spirit, let me also walk and live by the Spirit. It's your choice. It's my choice. But that's the fruit of the gospel. The fruit of the gospel isn't big churches. The fruit of the gospel isn't a degree. The fruit of the gospel isn't isn't a fish on the back of your car, a little ichthus Greek symbol. The fruit of the gospel is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness goodness and gentleness and self-control that's what will change the world that's what will change your neighborhood that's what will change our communities that's what will bring about redemption in the world in which we live in and that brothers and sisters is not something you can microwave that's not something that it's going to be quick and easy that's only going to come from the Spirit of God and following Jesus that's what it means Father, I just thank you today, Lord, for your goodness and for your grace and for your mercy. Thank you for the truth of your word that convicts us but leads us unto righteousness. Not to hurt us, but to help us. Father, you are a good, good father. And you are pointing the way for us to live life in a way that's not just pleasing to you, but that's good for us. have this fruit of the Holy Spirit in our life, which means we've got to push aside the works of the flesh and focus on the fruit of the Spirit. I pray today, God, that you'd help us individually. Where are the areas that we're weak? Where are the places we need to make changes? What are maybe relationships we need to sever? What are things we need to bring, accountability systems bring in? We all struggle with stuff. Lord, you know I struggle with stuff. We all deal with issues. We live in this world, and this flesh pops up at the most inopportune times. But, Lord, your word says that your grace is sufficient and that your spirit is more powerful than anything else that we'll encounter. But we have to choose to exercise the that gifting and that fruit of the Spirit of God in our life. Help us to do that today. Lord, if there's areas where we need to ask for your forgiveness, let us right now, Lord, just ask you, God, forgive me for. And your word says that you'll be faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That we live by grace. We live by grace. But, Lord, we don't just get to go live any way we want to just because our flesh says to do it. No, we've been given the power to overcome the flesh. We are no longer slaves to our sinful desires, but rather we are free to live for you. Holy Spirit, have your will and your way in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.